Well, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chili. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take the load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. Let's go with the boys in Iraq, okay? They go to church and they find Christ and there's lack of water everywhere. There's lack of everything else. So if you do sprinkle water or get oil on them, what's the difference? We rely on the Bible for answers and direction, but this is not your regular Bible study. For a second there, I thought you meant it was like a nude lake or something that you got baptized in. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. We value your perspective, and we want you to join in a conversation. The fellas will tell you how you can do that once they get started. If you attend the party on Naturel, you don't wear any clothes. In either case, the thing that's on Naturel means in its natural state. The topics we cover in this part. <laughs> but naked baptism. Ah, well, looky here, an open seat right up front. Grab your Bible and your favorite drink. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. Welcome back. Today, we still have Mike <laughs> and Tom on our digital lines from far away. So let's just go around the table real quick. Everybody, who's here? This is Sully. This is Wayne. This is Tom. This is Mike. And this is Justin. Wayne, how about you give us a quick word of prayer today? Sure. Dear God, we are so thankful to be here together uh, talking about you and talking about your word and talking about um, baptism. Thank you again for all these people. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here, that you would give us wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Today... We are going to be talking about something, we talk about practical things. This is something super practical, and it's about baptism. So we're just going to kind of dive in this head first. So uh, can do you guys remember, I want you guys to give me a short testimony about your baptism, if in fact you have been baptized, and go. Well, honestly, I've not been baptized. Okay. Well, when I was baptized, I was young. We went to, I think it was Beast Lake or Redhead Lake, one of the lakes out there. But I remember walking out to the pastor, looking back to my mom and saying, Mom, my socks are getting dirty. Right out into the lake? <laughs> right out into the lake. You know, I can, I, I'm sorry, Tom. I can see you going, getting into the water and going, oh, man, turning around. Mom, <laughs> my socks are getting dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, so you, yours was in a, a lake? Oh, yeah, all natural. We just went out, find the, found the nearest open lake, and they threw us in it. Do you, au natural? What, what does that mean? Were you in robes? It, no, au natural means we were out in actual nature. It wasn't a man-made basin somewhere. Oh, okay. For a second there, I thought you meant it was like a nude lake or something that you got baptized in. There's not that many around that's, this area. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, au naturel means nothing, Tom. That's an interesting... Au naturel means something. It's not a, a word without meaning. No, no, no. I'm saying it means no clothing in my mind. I'm thinking no clothing. 
Yeah, look that up. When when I was a kid, I grew up at First Baptist of Wayne. I don't mind saying that because that church doesn't. I mean, the church is still there, but that's where I grew up. First Baptist of Wayne, and baptism's a big deal. First Baptist. First Baptist. Yeah, First Baptist. It was one of those things where I I knew I was saved. I mean, you guys have all heard my testimony, but I was deathly afraid of going up there into the tank that was up in the top. It it was up above the sanctuary, and you were out there, exposed, not all natural. Uh, But I remember talking to my parents and giving them my concerns about being scared, scared that I wasn't get baptized. If I didn't get baptized, I wouldn't go into heaven. And they explained to me that that wasn't the deal. The deal was you are saved, that when you get baptized, it's your way of professing your faith in Christ to your church family and those who are there that day. I'm, I, was tw- I think I was 28 years old when I got baptized. 28? 28. And it was not at First Baptist Church of Wayne. It was at my uh, child bride's church, Lake Point Bible Chapel, which was another big influencer on my life. And I, I got I got baptized there. It was a good day. I mean, shared my testimony, John three sixteen. That's the easy. It seems like the easiest verse in the world to memorize, but it's my favorite because it kind of says it all. It I, it says there's a lot of layers to it. So we certainly. Well, I mean, I certainly. It was a good day. It was a really good day. Tom, do you have a conjecture about all natural? All natural meaning it typically goes to nature. There you go, Tom. <laughs> yeah, from, uh, from um, vocabulary.com, natural says that if you serve food all natural, it's uncooked and plain. If you attend a party all natural, you don't wear any clothes. In either case, the thing that's all natural means in its natural state. The topics we cover in this <laughs> but naked baptism. <laughs> I, I uh, think that's where we're going with this one. Technically not true. He was wearing riot. socks. He, 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 he was wearing, wearing socks. Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, how about you give us your testimony about when you were baptized? I was six. I was in College Heights Baptist Church. I remember the message like it was yesterday. The pastor was preaching on uh, hell, and I was sitting drawing in my seat little doodles and things like that. And I don't know if my parents thought I was paying attention or not, but I was. I heard him say, you know, if if you want to follow the Lord and and have him as your Lord and Savior, and you don't want to go to a place that wasn't created for you, then please come and talk to us. And I got up and I went down and I talked to my Sunday school teacher at that time, Mrs. Woolley. It's amazing. I can remember every single detail. I can remember all of it. I was six years old. I mean, I can remember every little thing. I remember the bench I went and prayed at. I remember her walking me through the Romans Road. I remember every little detail about it. I remember asking the Lord to save me. And then soon after that, it wasn't the same day. Soon after that, uh, my father was the one that actually baptized me. And it was up in the baptistry uh, there in the church. I remember the baptistry had had a cross on it, you know, like in a mirror cross. It was pretty neat. And I remember getting baptized, and that was that when I was six years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's amazing how the Lord will help you retain memories that are extremely important. A little quick side note: there was a guy that we knew that was on a plane. He had uh, like a gentleman was messing with his bag above his head. He dropped the bag, and it hit 
um, uh, this gentleman on the neck just right to where it literally damaged him horribly. He lost all of his memory and all kinds of stuff like permanently. He had one memory that he retained his salvation. It's the only memory he remembered. Wow. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. The doctors were like, you know, going through all kinds of tests and everything else. But he remembered, he remembered his salvation like it was yesterday. And that was the only memory he remembered. So something dropped on his head. Is that what you're saying? Because I need something dropped on my head. I have specific people I want to remember. But yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's a great story. That's a, that's an amazing testimony. Well, I'll give mine real quick. I was actually only about nine. about I think I was nine years old when I got baptized. I remember, and, and like kind of like what you guys are saying with this memory, uh, I remember, and I, I loosely say this because when I was saved, and I'll put in quotations because I actually don't know the day when I gave my heart to the Lord because I was raised in the church and it always just made sense to me, even at a very young age. So I can't say that I had this like, epiphany moment where I just oh, I emotionally just gave over my heart. To, no, it was just because I remember and nothing against my Sunday school teacher, but we, I was in Sunday school one day and this, I remember vividly because I look back on it now and I'm like, wow, man, I was an insensitive little nine-year-old. <laughs> my Sunday school teacher was talking about being saved. Who of you have given your life to the Lord Jesus or who of you have given your heart to Jesus? Or I think she actually, I think she said, who of you have said the sinner's prayer? And, you know, people were raising their hands there. Yeah, okay. And, and she said, oh, Justin, you've never said the sinner's prayers? Like, no, why do I need to? <laughs> like, I had, I had no idea of, of any of this. And, and she, uh, you know, I, Justin, can I talk to you after Sunday school? I thought I was in trouble. I mean, you have no idea. I was like, I didn't do anything this time. I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there. I was good. I was a good boy. So she sat down with me and her tears, she's like, she walked me through the sinner's prayer. We had this whole conversation and then. Her tears were just pouring out of her eyes. And I, I say this smiling and laughing, but I obviously it's a very serious and t sentimental moment. But me as a nine-year-old, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, is this woman okay? Like, how do I comfort her with this? Because I, I did not have this transition of yes and no. It was just this very smooth transition right into the Lord. I mean, it really was. And then uh, when I was baptized, I remember that vividly so shortly after that. And when I was baptized at... Uh, uh, Community Baptist Church, where uh, I, I grew up at in Michigan, where I was raised, my my hometown. I remember this because I was going around the church, and I thought I was so funny because I invented a joke. And it was, you know, the baptism is so cold, they had to put ice cubes in it to warm it up. And I, t <laughs> I told probably 20 people in the church before I went in there. And then when I went in there, I'm like, this ain't cold at all. <laughs> It was just so bad. But I, I, I was nine years old. I was actually baptized, if I can tell you, I was actually baptized twice. Uh, and this this will be an interesting little did you know about baptism, which we'll get into those type of things in just a minute. But in scripture, it actually, it is it is scriptural to get baptized a second time. Because you guys remember the story of the Ethiopian uh, that was baptized? Okay. So right after Jesus' ascension and all this other stuff, yep, Mike, Mike remembers this. So uh, Philip baptized the treasurer uh, of the Ethiopian. He was a servant of some king or something like that in Ethiopia. And he was uh, going in. Actually, he wasn't baptized twice. He was actually baptized once. But 
uh, during these type of incidences of baptism that the disciples ran into, several people were baptized in John the Baptist's baptism, is what they called it. And then he says, okay, well, let me baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was actually because he told them who Jesus was, because John the Baptist was pointing to Jesus, and then he just told them who he was. And so it was the second time. So scripture tells us that if we learn new truth, and I mean real life-changing truth, that getting baptized a second time is not a big deal. And I was actually baptized a second time in uh, the church I go to now, the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church, because of the truth that I was taught there. So let me ask you guys something. How important is baptism? And I don't just mean to you personally is important, but what does scripture actually say about baptism and in your own life? And how does that apply to your own life? I'll start off, I guess. How important is baptism? According to what I've read in the Bible, uh, baptism is a public showing of what you've done privately. So it doesn't get me to heaven, but it does show other people what I have done inside. So, so in other words, it shows people what I believe in. I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's why you go underwater just like Christ did. And then it also shows people a public profession of what I am doing. So I'm not ashamed of what I've done. It's important because it's the first step that God asks you to do. It's, it's the first thing that God actually asks you to do after you get saved. Does everybody have to get baptized to go to heaven? No, because the thief on the cross did not get baptized. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, Mike, they didn't so, have a whole lot of time back then to, to, to take him down. <laughs> <laughs> take him, right? So, I mean, baptism is very important as a public showing of your faith and, and also a public showing of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, according to what scripture says. You know, and just like the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch was like, well, what's keeping me from, from being baptized here? It was an exciting moment for him because he was like, oh, hey, I, I fully believe that. Now, it, what, what's my next step? It should show, you know, people's true heart in the concept of they should be excited to get baptized. For instance, once my kids get uh, saved, all of my kids that have asked Christ to be their savior, immediately following that, they start asking questions about baptism. And we explain it to them, make sure they understand what it is, and so on and so forth. And then they're immediately like, just like the Ethiopian eunuch, they're like, well, can we do it today? And we're like, well, you can't do it today. We've got to put the water in the tank first. <laughs> but <laughs> they, sh they show that same excitement. I like how you were saying that um, it's an outward expression of an inward feeling that baptism is. And you know, when you get saved, there's, there's no, I mean, people see a, see a change in how you act, a change in your demeanor, but there's no, like, physical ceremony you declare out loud so the symbology behind you know in in the baptism you no know, the, the submersion baptism through submersion like mike was saying is reenactment of the burial and the resurrection okay can i can i hold you guys both you guys have brought this up can i read the verse before you continue on yeah 
Okay, it's Romans 6, 4. It says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. But um, a point that I was going to make about the baptism, um, when you look at the surface of the water, and it, it has that, that little skin. And I don't know if I'm the only one that gets bored and I like to touch it and see how far I can go and, you know, before change actually makes my, my the hairs on my hand get wet and things start start uh, getting soggy. Incidentally, that's called the meniscus. And that, that meniscus holds a lot. It can hold a lot of weight before it goes through. As thin as it is, supports a lot. And so to go under, to break that barrier of belief and disbelief, to say I'm a, I'm a different man coming out than I was going in, to have went through that barrier that's so easy to break, yet so resilient at the same time. So I feel that the importance of baptism is not just the ceremony itself, but Everything that it symbolizes, a, a declaration, almost like a, a marriage ceremony, if you will, stating in front of everyone that's witnessing and God that, yes, I am dedicating my life to you, and I want everybody to know it. So the question I have for you guys, just to turn things around, do you believe like in the what group or what age should you actually be baptized in? Well, I, oh, Mike's one staked up. I got to get quicker with my hands. So, <laughs> the age is essentially the age of knowledge or the age of understanding. When a child understands what sin is, when a child understands what, you know, salvation is, what the Lord is, what, what, the gospel is and they understand what sin is and they understand what they're doing, then they can get saved. And that means that at that same point, that's the same age. Now that can vary be, be depending on the child. So there isn't a designated age. The Bible talks about the age of understanding, the coming to the knowledge. It's not really a particular age. I got seven kids. None of them understood what salvation was when they were born. None of them understood when they were a year old. So I couldn't baptize them as a infant or anything of that nature because they had no clue what any of that stuff was. That reference to the age they have to understand salvation before they get baptized because, again, you can't do both. Go ahead. Okay. Could you, Sully, could you repeat the question that you had? What age or what kind of group would you be to be baptized? Okay. For me, it was a, it was a personal decision, and, and there was a lot of fear involved, and there was not the – I wasn't ready to make that stand up, draw the line in the sand, a commitment. Um, I don't know what the fear was about, but 
I got saved eight years old, first time, really committed around 18, 19 years old, but still did not have that desire to stand up in front of my peers, my family, and commit. Um, so at 28, at a different church family, it was time. I felt it was time. I, feel, I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and said, this is the time. So that's when I got baptized. Do I think there's a particular age? No, I don't think there's a particular age. I think that's between you and God, and that's a decision you have to make. Now, you guys said this is kind of like a ceremony or different things like that. Now, would that be, but it's also something you did in private to actually show to the public. Why do you have to show it to the public if you did it privately? Okay, I'm going Mike first. If you go okay, in your closet, so, if you call your closet the war room, so let's say you go in your closet and you accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's your personal time with God. That's when you ask him to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, to be your Savior. The baptism is a sharing that, yes, this is who I am. This is my commitment. I have accepted Christ as my personal Savior. It's kind of a ceremony, but it's, it's really kind of a new beginning. Everybody knows who you are, and they know what you believe in. This is me. This is what I believe in. Uh, and it's also a testimony to the people in the congregation that are not saved. The testimonies are shared. There's a witness there. There's witness, witness, witness. Tom has one, too. Not only are you know, you're asking why are we making this a public thing, you know, it's easy as it should be walking the christian line is and living this life is hard and having this this ceremony having this outward expression of an inward feeling is also a, a mutual understanding and a plea for accountability from your peers and your church family you're saying okay we understand that this is a new christian this is an, uh, they're on a different leg of their path and we're going to do everything that we can to help hold them to their testimony very good tom very good and that that's a that's a good point too is because when it, when it comes to this it's not just the the public type thing it's i mean it's it's a lot of stuff like we like i just read in in romans 6 it says therefore we are buried with him by baptism in the death uh that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by glory of the Father, even so we are also walk in newness of life. We are called to walk that life that Christ walked. And because we, well, I'm just going <laughs> to quite frankly say we fail at it miserably, guys. And because we fail at it, we, we're, but we're still supposed to mimic Christ's life. That, that's the definition of the word Christian. It means a follower of Christ. Jesus himself in Mark 1, 9 and 10, it talks about this, about Jesus going in and, and seeing John the Baptist and John the Baptist baptized him in, in the River Jordan. And it was meant to be that, that Jesus was trying to give that, you know, this is the example. This is, this is what uh, you are to be, this is what you are to be doing as well. And so going off of that about when it comes to baptism, 
And that, let me ask you guys something about this. And in talking about salvation, let me just read another verse to you. John 3, 5 says, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And there's another one, Mark 16, 16. It says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or shall be lost. Talking about salvation, how does that work when it comes to the whole this whole topic of baptism that we're talking about? It, this is my so in reference to salvation. So essentially, what I just kind of went over that the the salvation part of it is that what you're saying? Right. Well, the, this verse says, "Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven." Right. So. Like I said, baptism is not a, has nothing to do with salvation. So you're born of the flesh out of your mama's womb. Just like, just like you talked to, uh, Jesus talked to the, was it the young ruler? The, um, the rich young ruler, uh, the rich young ruler. I think that's who he was talking to when he said that, um, when he was talking about, you got your, you were born from your mom. That's your physical birth. Oh no, that was, he spirit, wasn't talking to the rich young ruler at that time. He was talking to, I believe it was Nicodemus to, because Nicodemus, Nicodemus did go. not understand that. Why do I have to, um, how can I be born of my mother again? And then this is when Jesus is trying to explain to him, uh, baptism and, and putting his faith in Jesus. He was explaining uh, how he has to be. Yeah, you can't be born of your mom twice. You have to be born of the flesh and of the spirit. Be born of the spirit would be you asking the Lord to forgive you for your sin and repent and ask him to be your Lord and Savior and accept his gift of salvation. That would be your rebirth, your, your walking in newness of life. That's your open, like public, what just happened inside. That's that's the secret inside. You're you're showing publicly in baptism what happened on the inside. And that's why he said that in Romans as well, because you're you're essentially baptism is not necessary for salvation, which some people say it is, but if you look at the Bible, it's pretty plain on it. And it says, talks about having it after salvation and it's again the the easiest example is the thief on the cross we we know what christ said about him and we know he didn't get baptized so it, it can't be part of salvation if he didn't do it so and we know and, and the other thing is you can't do it before salvation because it's literally meaningless before salvation there is no reference to doing it before salvation and in the aspect of, of that. Go ahead. What I was going to say is in reference to the thief on the cross and according to all of this as well, scripture, at least the, the two verses that I just read, it, it clearly states that we should be baptized. But I would agree with you fully, Mike, that, I mean, obviously the thief on the cross was not baptized. So was he saved? Scripture tells us he was. But the fact is, is, I think this goes back, and, and I want to bounce this off you guys. I think personally that this was a, or when it comes to baptism, it is an obedience thing. Because if you are capable of being baptized, you should. Mm -hmm. But obviously there are, there are certain circumstances, and I'm, I'm going to put this 
as, as blunt as possible, there are people with medical conditions that become saved and they physically are incapable of being placed underwater, you know, in a bathtub or in anything like that. And, and you know, so that I, I, I'm glad you kind of went down that with a thief on the cross because it needs to be understood. This this is something that's very important when it comes to salvation. But the fact is, is God's not going to hold it against you because let's face it. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? He didn't need to be baptized, but it, Scripture also states that he is also the he is our uh, what is it our, perpetua- our propitiation. I don't like that word. I always I always scramble that one up. Propitiation of our sins. In other words, he he was the the one that was to, to, to take all this on and and everything. So is is baptism. And I don't, I don't know how to put this. We know it's important. We know, we know it's this. What, are, what kinds of baptism? Or let me, let me ask this. What does Scripture tell us that the appropriate type of baptism there, there is? And I guess want to clarify this a little bit. I've heard of, and it, you guys can laugh at this, but I've heard of youth pastors bringing their kids out in the, uh, and going sledding and saying you are being baptized in snow. I've heard of people walking under rose petals being thrown into the air and you are now baptized. I've heard of people taking oil and dabbing it on your forehead and claiming you are now baptized. I've heard of people taking a cup of water and pouring it over your head and now you're being baptized. I've heard of somebody taking either oil or water and splashing it with their fingers on people and like on mass baptisms and saying, okay, you've all been baptized now. Okay, or like somebody running through a sprinkler. And I know this is ridiculous and there's a lot to this, but I'm just asking, is there an appropriate method of baptism according to Scripture? Well, I think, you know, speaking of uh, the Scripture, I think that baptism through submersion is the only one that comes to mind. You're talking about just in Scripture? Yeah. I, as I can think, um, you know, when they got child baptisms and um, even dedications, whenever I think of child baptism, I think of it just being a dedication. Uh, the parents saying, I am dedicating my life as well as theirs to being raised in the church. But well, de- dedication is a little different than baptism. That baptism is a choice mm-hmm. and dedication, right, like you're talking about. Dedication is like a, you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to, to be that that that. Um, that parent. Go ahead, Tom. Continue. Right. Um, and, and again, it all comes down to heart. And those mass baptisms, those things where they, they, they talk about huge numbers, I, I think of peer pressure. I think of people that are just doing it because their buddies are doing it, that they're not really feeling it. In, in that point, it should be a matter of heart. So I think that it is not only an outward expression of an inward feeling, but it actually has to be meaningful. You can't just get dumped underwater because everybody else is doing it. Okay. I'd like to take a turn on that one where you just said the mass baptism. Okay. What about necessary or the fact that you have only a limited amount of resources Let's go with the boys in Iraq, okay? They go to church and they find Christ and there's lack of water everywhere. There's lack of everything else. So if you do sprinkle water or get oil on them, 
What's the difference? I'm confused on that one. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So it's pretty plain and simple. We can always do it our way or we can do it God's way. Which one is he going to look at and say, yeah, that's good. It's going to be his way. I'm not the one that made the rules. I'm not the one that wrote the book. God said to do it that way. So that's the way you do it. The Ethiopian eunuch was in a location where there wasn't a lot of water. They found a river. They found a place to go. It doesn't mean you have to do it right away, but you do it at your first convenience. Um, Tom didn't get baptized in the middle of winter in the, in the lake or in the river. They waited till it was decent time during the summertime. Um, oh. There is certain places and certain you know areas that it's hard to do the water. And I, I understand that, but it's, it's a simple thing that God put into place and there's water everywhere. You can definitely find locations and do stuff and you can wait. All right. That's, that's cool. That's, and I, I, I like how you said that in, because baptism is, it's, it's a whole obedience thing. And let me, here's a, did you know, just, just real quick. Uh, the word baptism is actually a Greek word. Uh, and the word, the original context or the original word is baptizo, which means to immerse, to plunge, to put under, uh, oh, here it is, submerge, plunge under and immerse. That's, that's the, what the word baptizo means literally means that. And when Jesus got baptized, let me, let me read a little bit here in, in Mark uh, 1, 9 and 10 here. Jesus came and later on it says, and was baptized of John the Baptist in the Jordan. And straight away, he came up out of the water and he saw heaven opened up. My, and the point is in reading that is he was under the water. He was baptized, which means he was plunged under. He was immersed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, Mike, to, uh, regarding your comment, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But, here's a big but. Uh, let's say someone got saved. Let's just say, listen, they're really excited. And they want to share this with their buddies. I'm saying they're out in the middle of the desert. And all you've got is a pitcher of water. Technically... And people would say this, right? They would bring this up. You're going to immerse him when you dump that on his head. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but if it's, a, if it's something somebody really wants to do, they could always revisit the immersion. But I'm just saying, I just, I'm in the middle of the desert, and I got saved. And I'm excited, and I really want to find a way to share with my compadres who are at war with me. Uh, side by side. And I decide that, hey, why don't we just get as much water as we can? You can dump it over me. Is that not immersion? Just a It could be a question. You can answer it. You are saved, newly saved, and you're wanting to um, share this. I, I my, my brain went to Captain D's miracle where Jesus fed everybody with the fish and the bread, you know, and there wasn't that much of it there, but it, 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 he made it happen. You, you have to, uh, 
practice patience and you're so excited about it. You want to share it, but you want to share it the right way. So it would be like really a disservice to them to say that this is the right way because that's part of their testimony now. That's the part of the way that they were taught because you just showed it to them. I think I think that's actually a really good point too, though, is imagine the testimony that you would give if you were trying to be obedient to, to what Scripture says about full baptism immersion to your friends around you and, and being that testimony to say, no, listen, God, God says I've got to be fully immersed. I'm going to wait until that, that moment arises and then I'm going to do it. And just like what Mike was bringing up with that, with that, that Ethiopian, the guy goes, well, why can't I just be baptized right now? D- disciples like, yeah, sure. There's a river right over here. Although it was, it, yeah, it was, you guys know the river. It's, it's a muddy, nasty kind of river, but it doesn't matter. He, he didn't care. He went in there and he was fully immersed. Um, th- this again reminds me of that uh, continuous improvement video with the, the 10 monkeys. And they start with five monkeys and they're taught the reason um, why not to climb this ladder to get the bananas, otherwise they'll all get hosed with water. And they swap them out one by one because they're all attacking the people, the, the monkeys on the ladder going to get the bananas because they're afraid of getting hosed. Well, pretty soon all of the original monkeys are no longer there. The ones that were inserted are still attacking the new ones. and They don't even know why anymore. They just do it. My, my connection here is the, the way that our, our testimony and the way that we spread the meaning of baptism and the, the meaning of salvation if we lose the, the main reasons why and make it easier to get to, and we just do things because everybody else is doing it that way or it's the easy way to do, we're not really uh, sticking to what God wants us to do. I would agree with you wholeheartedly, Tom. And I, I'd like to think that these guys that are serving our country are out there and they're not alone. They have a chaplain that's going to lead them down Amen. that path. So. I would say they would probably find some water to baptize them, or they would probably encourage them to wait. And that would that would hammer it home even better. And I really, yeah, your point is valid, 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 valid. I see Mike. I see that hand. I was out in the hottest place, I guess you would say, pretty much on Earth, Djibouti. It was like 140 degrees plus. Guess one of the things that we had an abundance of? Water. All the military bases had tons of water. So Amen. It, it gets shipped over there like by the tons. Mm-hmm. So they always made sure we had water all the time. So in reference to our military men and women out there, I know for a fact they've got plenty of water to dump into a big big bucket or whatever they want to put it. Like they got tubs. They got all kinds of things out there to, to do full immersion to, to do it outside of how God designed it. I know for a fact that they, they can do it the way God said, um, because there is a way to do it. And, and God supplies the need, just like he supplied the, the Ram when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. He, he'll supply the water, too, if you're wanting to get baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch said, well, what about here? And they, he was in a chariot, okay? So they were moving. So, it, it, hey, check it out. Look, there's water here. I can get baptized. Amazing. God provided the timing. God provided the water. 
it's it's it'll all work out sure. our god is wonderful and he's awesome so it, it, he provides amen excellent so uh, i think i'm gonna read one last thing here uh it's in luke 7 30 it says but the pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of god against themselves being not baptized of him and i just want to put that out there to say listen if baptism is something important i would encourage everybody just study this out look it out don't be afraid to ask the questions don't be afraid to say well what about the, and just like today we just asked a, a ton of questions on baptism back and forth and back and forth and that's what we need to do don't be afraid to get the truth out there and with that guys let's go ahead and wrap this up this has been justin this has been sully this is wayne this is tom mike says this is mike all right, and we're always praying for you guys, and we love you. Have a good night. Why, well, hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that book of faces, also a twittering bird, and you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. <laughs>